This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, good morning, everybody. Uh, No music this morning. And the disclaimer is what we say here is not necessarily uh, what the station might think. Can I try it, Tom? Yeah. From the waters of Mississippi. Rolling east to Nagawiki, we bring you the cutting edge outdoors. Hop on the crazy train. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, we, we're having a few technical problems. Technical so, uh, problems. So uh, we're just uh, winging Speaking this of as technical we go. problems, Tom, I got one gripe about my new truck. You go to hit, like when you set your cruise control, right? You hit the, the cruise button, then yeah. you hit the set, right? Yeah. I got to do it like three times before it does it. And by the time I'm done looking down doing that for 10 seconds, I'm five miles per hour off the speed I was trying to set it at. Huh. Huh. That's what I wonder. Technical glitch. You should be able to just touch, yep, touch. Just once. Yeah. Just once. It's not working. Well, I guess you're going to have to call the dealership. Well, I got that bumper to bumper 36,000 mile yeah. coverage, but uh, I'm hoping well, the sensor gets better. All right. I and hope so, too. it wasn't just Friday the 13th <laughs> that it did it. It does it all the time. Yeah. Uh, this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush, and I'm Tom Newbauer. We got uh, Sam Smits sitting in today for part-time Bodie. Part-time is <laughs> not feeling well today. But anyway, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and if you want to become part of the show, all you got to do is give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Or email us live at the Smokies Inbox, which is... The CEO guys at yahoo.com. That's CEO guys at yahoo.com. And Danny, I got to read one real quick All right. right away. Hot off the press. We got one that All said, right. live one. This is from Dan. Dan says, I just wanted to let you guys know I really enjoy your show and was lucky enough to win the Hornschwaggle last week, and all of the prizes arrived already. I've listened to your show for a number of years now and try never to miss it live. Keep up the good work. From Dan. And it, on the, below his name it says, educator, fisherman, hunter. And then he's got a quote. Learning is a treasure which accompanies you everywhere by P.F. Chang. Is he the guy who had those Chinese restaurants? Yeah, I think he was P. the F. guy Chang. who had string down in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, that's when I first started eating Chinese food. Yeah, I think yeah. it was P.F. Chang. Yeah, you know, there was a yeah. little place. That's when I first learned the magic of sweet and sour and cashew chicken was oh, in yeah. college. You could get, Tom. yeah. For $3, no, $2.90, you could get either sweet and sour or cashew chicken. And then if you spent 15 cents more, you got an egg roll, $3.05. Wow. And you go into these little places, it was really funny. There'd be like this long counter with yeah. be- with beads hanging, right? Yeah. So like you'd give the, the gal the order and she'd speak in Chinese through the beads <laughs> and you hear some dude speak back and like five seconds later... 
this bag of stuff would come right through the beads. <laughs> it's amazing. No, son, it was like Christmas coming down the conveyor belt. It was hilarious how fast oh. those guys were. Well, Danny, you mentioned yesterday was Friday the 13th. Something else happened yesterday on Friday the 13th. The last time it happened was in the 1800s. Oh, when there was a full moon simultaneous f- yeah, with, with the Friday the 13th. And you know when the next one is going to happen? What? Like 500 years from now, where Friday the 13th and a full moon will happen on the same day. You want to know what last week was as well? It's even oh, oh, the blood be. moon? No. No, not that uh, one? On. You told me already, I think. You told no, me once. No, I didn't. No? Nope. All right, what is it? The gal what I teach it? with, yep, Katie O'Connor told me this this week. This is, starts with a P, some kind of a weird week, where like the date forward, the numbers for the date forward are exactly the same as the numbers backwards. Oh. Yeah, let's... let's oh, that's coming up. Okay, so... Oh, it's going right now. So like, what's today's date? The 14th. 14. 14 19. 19. Okay. 91419, or you do it backwards... Nine one four one nine. Oh, how about that? When's the next time that's going to happen? Holy um, crap! Five thousand years, probably. <laughs> it's some that? kind of a name, yeah. Must be a must be a lucky day then. We should well, all uh, go to Potawatomi or something. Sure, we should all <laughs> buy a lottery ticket. You know, if you were young, Tom, it'd be the time to procreate and have a child under the under the. Uh, Friday the 13th, yeah. the moon, yeah, just, and the this backwards, or you, you'd have a child who's a genius. Uh, speaking of that, you know you know my son, Nick. There's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. He's, uh, you, know, he had his, you know, he had his uh, bear permit this year, and uh, he went up Thursday afternoon. He was going to get up there where he could still get a couple of hours of sitting in a tree, yeah. but Friday was the big day where he was going to be up there the all day. Big day. This is the day yeah. he's going to get his bear. Hopefully. Big now, bang for the So I'm bar. waiting to hear from him, but the problem is up by his father-in-law's land in Price County. No cell phones? He doesn't get cell phone service because he's got a different carrier. Now, I've got a good carrier, yeah. and as a matter of fact, when we stopped there to bait the bears uh, last week one day, uh I was talking to my other son, Chris, you know, mm-hmm. talk, and, and my son Nick says, are you, who are you talking to? I said, I'm talking to Chris. He said, you got cell service up here? I said, I got cell service anywhere in the state, so anywhere. So, you know, who, who you are know, you going to do the you, ad for? Who's your carrier? I'm not even going to say. But, Why not? Okay, fine. U.S. Cellular. Okay, I Any, get U.S. Cellular, yeah, too, and anywhere. on Lake of the Woods, I could get yeah. reception and nobody yeah. else could. So. Exactly. And that's going back 20 years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anywhere in this state. You can get cell service, but if you got other carriers, no. There's places where you ain't. There's dead zones. See, we just did an ad for yeah. U.S. Cellular. But anyway, so uh, I'm. I don't know when I'll hear from him. I want. I'm looking forward to hear from him to see if he got it. Now, this was the cool part, Danny. Now he found out what the cost was if he wanted a. a what do you call that? Like a shoulder mount with the head and the paws, you know, and all that. I'm guessing half mount. I think it's thousand dollars probably. Uh, from. Around two thousand. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, around two thousand. Now, but a rug, there's a place up there about forty miles away. I got mine done for six hundred years ago. Okay. Well, about forty miles away, they'll do the rug mount for five hundred dollars. Now he's never skinned a bear, and I mean neither has his father in law. And yeah, you can skin them, but will you do it properly for a rug mount? Now neither they have never done that, right? Right. So right. 
So he calls the lady who whose husband does that stuff. She like runs the business, right? Right. And he says, um, "I, you know, can, can you guys get in the beers? You know, I mean, how how do we go about that?" And and she says, "Oh, my husband will come out to where you shot the bear, if if it's you know close enough, which forty miles was close right, enough, I guess. Right. He'll come out and skin it for you." And my son says, "Well, how much extra will that be?" She's, "No, that's all included." Really, he got a big smile on his face. You know, big smile. Yeah, he says, "Oh, all right, that's great." So that is a great deal. You know, there, uh, there is a place I can maybe get. I think it's called Hirsch's Family Meats. I could be wrong on that. I got to look it up. Uh, just west, east of Superior, the town of Superior. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's uh, right near along the shoreline of uh, Lake Superior, where they get some monster bucks right along that shoreline there, but. They are a fantastic family-operated outfit during bear season. I shot my bear. We got there at 2 a.m., 2 a.m. that night, same night, and they were in full operation. They're right? all behind the counter, yeah. people outside. They, they're weighing your bear. They're taking wow. it in. They'll, they'll skin it, you know, get the hide all set for you, yeah. do the yeah. meat, freeze it, ready to pick up within days. Wow. And at a really, re- I think it was like 100 bucks or something, yeah. a really reasonable price. Great operation yeah. up there. Can't say enough about it. Well, that's does Got to get great. the right right name well, of it. Well, he's going to, well, Nick is uh, very good at butchering his own deer in that. Right. And so he's going to butcher the bear himself. But uh, when it comes to skinning, yeah, he's not too sure, you know, because I guess it's got to be done just right if you want to made into a rug, you know. When I uh, when I right. shot mine in 1988, I was on a trip. It was a Canadian trip, and it was the last day of a, like a seven day hunt. Yeah. And um, I kind of told the story last week of how we got, you know, kind of delayed at the uh, thirsty whale or whatever. The, oh, yeah, the, in Monaco. In Monaco. Yeah. So we missed the first day of hunting. But the last day, I switched stands for the third time. Some guys from Iowa had been there, and they got discouraged and left. And it was hot, and the mosquitoes were bad. It was like in a jungle and uh, tropical rainforest type stuff, just sit in a tree and sweat. But the last night, I did shoot a bear, and I took it into camp. We got two or three bear that night in camp. And these guys, I mean, they were all gung-ho uh, hunters, I mean, they just hung it up right there and they just skinned the yeah. bear right in camp. You know, they okay. did, I didn't do a doggone thing. All I did is didn't so much as hold a flashlight for them. Of course, you yeah. know, they're all sitting around drinking beer till four in the morning, celebrating skinning the bear. It was like a big party. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, was able to take my bear hide home and that's the rug I still have. You know, the bear I shot up on, a, on, in Douglas County, I gave that, uh, hide to John. Right, and he had gotten those tanned, and he was going to get a bunch of stuff made out of them. But then yeah. something happened where it all got wrecked. I guess <laughs> John didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want to talk no. about it. No, no, he had all those bear hides, and uh, now I kind of wish I'd gotten a rug made out of that. But yeah. what's a guy need two bear rugs for? Not well, the really. second one was bigger, so. But still, yeah. what do you need two bear rugs for? They're not cheap. No, they were selling an old old beater bear rug at the Wisconsin State Fair years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were selling all kinds of fur, animal hides, furs, this and that. And they had an old beater rug for like six hundred dollars. They wanted for it. Wow! It wasn't near as nice as my rug. Yeah. Oh, speaking about black bear, Danny. Uh, this happened a few weeks ago up in Minnesota. Um, this gal, her family owns uh, Red Pine Island on Rainy Lake, 
10 miles northeast of International Falls, Minnesota. Anyway, she heard her dogs barking, so she went out there, but she never came back. And her parents, her parents were like in their 80s, right? And Old lady. Uh, less than that. I don't know. It didn't say. So anyway, uh, so one of the dogs, I guess, I think I got this right, comes back bloodied. And so the parents, well, they found her. The, a black bear killed her, and the black bear was still sitting over her body. And uh, the, the, the DNR officials up there, whatever, whoever, whatever they call them, uh, they put down the black bear. It, it, in the article, it said that... This happened recently? Yeah, within a few weeks, I Up guess. Up in ago. Minnesota? Yeah. Now... You didn't hear about that the weird, in national news. Yeah, the weird thing is, is that a black bear killing somebody is very, very, very rare. I mean, they said the last time one happened was a number of years ago. Right. But, I mean, it's it's really rare. I mean, now, grizzly bears, that's different. Well, I would... S- grizzly bears are... They're, they're meaner. I would say that in the continental United States, I would say there's at least one black bear attack per year. I, I no, don't, I'm said, not privy to the statistics, but you you do hear about it. Well, here, I, Years ago up in Wisconsin, I think it was, a black bear tried to drag some Boy Scout out of his tent or Cub <laughs> Scout. Was dragging him in a sleeping bag and everything. Here. Of course, the kid probably had chips in the sleeping bag and <laughs> smelled food on the lad. Uh, I'm just scamming, scanning through this scamming article. like you. And, uh, oh, okay, the last fatal bear attack, it says in Ontario. I don't know why they picked Ontario. It said it was 2005. But this happened in Minnesota, not Ontario. Or did it happen in Ontario, It says, it says Minnesota, but well, they were this? on an island in, on Rainy Lake. Isn't that, isn't that like border... Canada in Minnesota. Uh, no, Rainy Lake's in Minnesota. Rainy yeah. Lake. It's always on an island. No, I think Rainy Lake, isn't Rainy Lake part of the uh, border by Voyager National Park? Doesn't the, uh, you got Lake of the Woods and then the Long, Long oh. River runs all all east? Here, it says, on average, a fatal attack by a black bear happens about once a year in all of North America. That's what I said. Yeah. And, uh. He says fatal attacks by the more aggressive grizzly bear uh, happen about twice three. a year. Oh, I was going to guess three. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe. Interesting story, though. So yeah, they so. heard the dog barking, so the dog was probably fighting with the bear. The two do- two dogs went out. One came back bloody. One dog, okay. Think, something like so that. So one yeah. got killed, probably. Yeah. The woman went out, and yeah. the bear turned on her. Yep. And the, was the bear eating her? That it did not say. It and did, did not say in the, that. But it doesn't sound like the bear turned and ran off, especially no. if they were able to get the DNR guys out there and they yeah. came and shot it. Yeah, it, it was hunkered down over that body. Maybe it planned on eating it. You know, you the know? only surprising part that I have is somebody living in northern Minnesota. On an island. <laughs> didn't have a gun to blast it themselves. Yeah, exactly. most people who live yeah. up north in the country, yeah. most of them, if you're smart, you own a gun. Yeah, you got a rifle hanging around yeah. or something, anything, you know. I mean, what if you want to go out and shoot a, a grouse for dinner? When uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were here when we had Jim Caves in. Uh, he used to, him and Lynn used to own Monument Bay Lodge up in Lake of the Woods. That might have been that's, before you joined Before you joined the, that'd be the like team the with me year, and John. That'd be like the first year but, of the uh, show. He, uh, I used to stay there, and uh, Jim Dembeck used to go up there, too. Um, they later sold that whole island to some, like, mm-hmm. corporation. 
And uh, Spence Petros used to stay up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right there in that northwest angle. But Jim told me that in some years they'd get bear that would mm-hmm. swim over and be running around the island. Mm-hmm. And I think he told me they took shotguns with like uh, rock salt and okay. stuff and blast it or it, rubber, whatever. And they blasted it in the arse and they yeah. shoo it off the island. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want them hanging around, but... I guess, you know what time it is? Well, it all, de- oh, I think we're going to take a phone caller because uh, Sam is uh, grabbing the line. Nope, hung up. Well, Sam, why don't you take us to a commercial break, all right? Is that a good, okay, that's a good deal. Or Sam's back there. Leave him a, I he's know, going he's talking left. to the engineers. He looks like a one-armed <laughs> wallpaper hanger in a thunderstorm right now. Oh, I, thought, guy. You, I thought you were going to say a one-armed paper hanger in a butt-kicking contest. No, a one-legged. That's it, though. Never mind. Jokes. Take us to we a got break. lots of jokes, yeah. folks. Take Just us stay to a tuned. break, Sam. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this morning. We want to thank all of our listeners, uh, particularly those uh, that are protecting us, the law enforcement officers, the firefighters, first responders, healthcare workers, and military folks, and just everybody else out there working hard, hardworking Americans, working hard to keep our country great. I see what you mean about the open. Now I agree. Now you agree. I, I, I was for, trying I, to tell well, you what you, I forgot. Tom and I, I forgot were the beginning. About I forgot the opening the, of. The, I forgot the beginning. Yeah. But, but our old friend Kevin is on the line, so we're gonna oh, give a listen to what Kevin has to Kevin. say. Good morning, Kevin. How you doing? Oh, very good. Right. What's on your mind this morning? I got a new tape recorder. Hey! hey all right. All right. I it, uh, uh, I got a Thursday of this week. So it's a tape uh, and. I like that what your producer said. What did he say? You got a funny producer, you know that? Is that right? But funny. You, you, so I'm so I'm on, so he picks up the phone, you know. He said, Ah, oh, what do you want to talk about? I just <laughs> I said, How did the fish smell in his name? He goes, What's that? <laughs> well maybe well, you were confused. That? Hey Kevin, maybe you were confusing him. Yeah. No. Don't confuse our producer. No. He's got enough he's got going on back me. there behind the board, man. It's a biz- You got to tell me how smelt got its name. Smelt. Okay. Okay. There you go, Tom. There's your question of the week from Kevin at Maple Ridge. How did smelt get its name? Just don't call him Schmelt, Kevin, with the yeah. SH, because that gets them all, Mr. Phonics over no. here, Mr. English teacher, gets well, them all wound up. They got their name, Kevin. Uh, it was in the year 1862 by uh, Norm Van Brocklin. He uh, said that they smelled funny. And so they used the word smell and just changed it to, they smelled funny. So when funny. he said it smelled funny, <laughs> he thought he said smelt yeah. funny. Hence the name serious? smelt stuck. True story. Are you serious, Are you serious about this? No. No. No, I'm, no, I'm We're not. I'm just pulling your leg, Doggone, I could have used that for the horn swoggle. <laughs> no, tell me how it is. You know who Norm Van Brocklin was? Yeah, he was the great quarter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kevin's a great uh, sports buff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the uh, original Polish, no, Van Brocklin, uh, what nationality? Philadelphia Eagles, right? 
Norm yeah. Van Brock. And well, I think yeah. maybe he played and, for the Rams, too. And the Rams, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why do we well, know, you know our uh, history? You know, uh, um, you don't listen to that Christian station, do you? Tom's Tom's an atheist, agnostic, heathen. Actually, how did I get? He, there's how a did witchcraft I get station he listens to, but other nothing Christian. Sam, how did I get that uh, moniker now? But, what? <laughs> now I'm an atheist agnostic, according to Tom. <laughs> hey man, the more you can get <laughs> on your resume, the better. I, huh? The more you can get on your resume, the better. Uh, hey, there we go, oh, Tom. Oh, is uh, it? Tom. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you know, VCY, right? I know where it is. Yeah. Every day, at about four fifteen or four o'clock or before that, I hear I hear John Gillespie. Now, does he do commercials on VCY? I have no idea. Oh, that's is that a radio show? VCY. I thought you talked about. You were talking about yes, the store. A radio show. Because they got a store too, you know. They got a number of stores yeah, around. Yeah, yeah aren't they Christian bookstores or yeah, something like right. that? Yeah, right. Yeah, I know where it is. Okay. Yeah. Does he do commercials on VCY? You know, I don't know. Next time we have him on, we'll ask him. That's funny you mentioned that, Kevin, because I heard a commercial somewhere else, and I thought to myself, "Gosh darn, that sounds a lot like John Gillespie." But I mean, yeah. John Gillespie does have that great radio advertising yeah, voice. Yeah. So there's probably lots of guys that might sound a lot like John Gillespie. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Have that same type pitch and delivery yeah. and it might not be. Maybe it's not him. Listen I don't know. During the, listen during the week because I heard him I heard him uh uh Thursday or Thursday or Friday. Okay, so that's the VCY, that's a Christian radio station? Yes. Well, yes. that's good, Tom. Oh. Listen, it, it might get you converted from your Satanism over there. Well, and maybe it, I, maybe it'll do I, you some good. I only listen to 1250 AM or 1057 FM, the fan. You know? Oh, well, tune it in about... I can't, because I only listen to this station. You learn lots of good stuff, oh. Tom. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you'll, you, Dad. You'll quit you drinking, you'll quit smoking. We'll start going to Dan. church on Sunday. What? Oh, what? What? What's Kevin? You can, you can listen. You can listen to it. I'll listen to it for you, buddy. Yeah, you listen to it. I got a new truck and the radio actually works. I can actually change you stations. Know if that's the same. That's gotta be the same. Can't John set the Gillespie. cruise control. What? That's gotta be the same John Gillespie. Okay. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let me see if I can check into that, buddy. All right. Okay. Hey. All right. Well, we gotta run. We got to run, Kevin. Okay. Thanks care, for buddy. calling. See you, pal. Hey, bye now. Bye. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Kevin should have his own show here. Yeah. You know, like a a fifteen minute segment. Fifteen minutes with <laughs> Kevin. With, yeah, fifteen minutes with Kevin. Yeah, that'd be a good name for his show. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, we probably used up most of the segment. When we get into a new segment where I got a little time to talk, I got a a very strange hunting tale to tell. Okay. Fascinating. We'll, National news tale. We'll do that. Well, my gut report is going to be very short, so okay. uh, we'll after, do it right after the gut report. After the gut report. Yeah, and until then, we can talk about some other stuff. Yeah, other like, stuff. There was, uh, speaking of, uh, oh, I'm just trying to remember. I was, actually, I was home uh, last Sunday, and I was able to see both John Gillespie and Larry Smith shows. Although, if I'm not home, I can just get them on uh, YouTube you know, just look on them there. And, uh, you know, I still haven't caught a, a decent pike yet to do that new filet met that I saw on YouTube. Really? <laughs> I have not caught a pike. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Usually 
I usually there I'm swearing at them. You know, I'll be fishing for other fish and I'm swearing at the pike, you know, for, you know, especially those little hammer handles. But uh, boy, oh boy, I'm telling you. Well, uh, perhaps Dan Dan will have to catch you one of those big jacks. I guess so. You get one and, and you throw it in the live well. You call me up. I'll be, I'll come right over. And you know? uh, yeah, I'll be out um, uh, muscalunge fishing and there's a good chance I'll, hey, you know what I did last uh, Sunday? What'd you do? I, Dr. Sandy Flaster took his son and his granddaughter, name is Macy, very cute girl, and super nice and polite. You know, I've had little some kids on the boat that, you know, they're like a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. They're just charging all over stuff, and they're, you know, give me this, give me that, put it where I'm wrecking. Mm-hmm. And she'd be real nice. I'd bait her hook. She'd go, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just very polite. Yeah. And did we have a blast. Yeah. We caught bluegill after bluegill after yeah. bluegill. My hot spot back from June and technique is still yeah. on fire. Not to, to the extent when when I went out one time, I had three people catching fish all at once, and I, I mean they, we could have caught a hundred that day, but we still caught plenty this yeah. time on. And we yeah. got a smallmouth bass yeah. that fought like crazy on light tackle, yeah. and we caught a largemouth bass that fought like crazy on any light tackle. size to those bluegills. Uh, we caught some that were definitely eater size. Yeah. Most were on the smaller size. Yeah. Not as good as when I was out earlier this summer when I was yeah. getting a whole bunch of seven seven and a half inch to eight inch. Maybe well, I won't exaggerate. We'll say seven to seven and a half, maybe an eight in there, here and there. Uh, these tend to be a little smaller. We had some over seven, I'm sure. Um, but we also caught a perch, which was a small perch, and we also caught, I think we caught a tiny little walleye too. See, we caught a little bit of all species there. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. a great time. It sounds I'll like. Tell you fun. what, half a night crawler, split shot, fifteen yep. inches up. Chuck it out without a, without a, becoming, a, become a firm. If you're in a little bit deeper water, forget the bobber thing. Because mm-hmm. those fish, oh, definitely. if it's 10 feet deep and there's weeds, those fish are hunkered down in the weeds. You mm-hmm. got to kind of have that split shot to get it sinking down into those mm-hmm. weeds. And then sure, you'll get weeds when you, you yeah. know, wind, but you just kind of work it through. You know what I mean? You lift it up out of yeah. the weeds. You feel it yeah. break free, let it sink. And next thing you know, tap, 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 mm-hmm. and they'll be on there. Well, guess what? It's okay. time now for to do the gut report. What do you think, Sam? You got that all fired up, ready to go after these after these commercials? All right. Well, we got to pay a few bo- bills, folks. It's the Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Sitting in today for part-time Bodie is Sam Smith. So stay tuned for more. Sam right I here. am. Yeah, for, right here on 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Okay, who doesn't like chicken wings? Everybody seems to like chicken wings. I like chicken wings anyway. And that's what I'm making today for dinner. I'm making chicken wings. Now, this is the simplest, easiest recipe I can ever give you for chicken wings. And you're going to do them on the grill. If you got to do them in the oven, all right, fine. But the grill just gives them better flavor. You go out and you get some McCormick roasted garlic and herb seasonings. Okay, it's a little jar. McCormick, McCormick yeah. Now you 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 put your chicken wings in a bowl. You put about eh, a tablespoon or two of whatever kind of oil you want, some kind of oil in there. Mix it up. Wash your hands. Then take the the garlic, uh, the roasted garlic and herbs, and you 
put about half the bottle in there and mix it all up with your hands. Let it sit for about an hour in the fridge. Get that grill going. You got coals on one half of the grill. Put the chicken wings on the other half. Put the lid on. 30, 40 minutes later, they're perfect. I mean, it's that simple. That simple. Perfect and, chicken and wings. And they are delicious. I'm telling you, they're delicious. You'll like them. The Gut Report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. Do yourself a favor, because for weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. I've been working there on the railroad. When I think of Lorelei, my head turns all around. As gentle as a butterfly, she moves without a sound. I call her on the telephone. She says, be there by eight. Tonight's the night she's moving in, and I can hardly wait. Welcome back. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to this Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, Tom, hunting season is approaching, and I have a strange hunting tale for you, Tom. Okay. Can I mention something real quick? Sure, go ahead. Charlie Davis of uh, Fountain of Youth for Boats is going to be on the show live via the phone at 7.05 today. So if you got any questions about boat repair, carpeting, covers, any of that stuff, 705, and it, the phone number is 799-1250. Charlie did a fantastic yeah. job. Those guys out there, they replaced my carpet. They did the wood. Yeah. They did stuff, extra stuff, too. They yeah. fixed my cover. I didn't ask them yeah. to do that. They cleaned my dash. I didn't tell them to do that. <laughs> they they got my boat looking good, so So what's place. this weird story? So here's happened. the deal, dude. Uh, yeah. This is national news. Uh, so I, I, I heard about it, so then I, I went online this morning there when I was doing my advanced research drinking coffee, sitting in front of my computer in my pajamas, uh, getting ready for this national show that we have. This is from the Taos, T-A-O-S News. Uh, I believe it's in New Mexico. And uh, there were a couple of uh, couple of bow hunters out there who had quite the strange experience. I'll just kind of read some, uh, and then I'll paraphrase. Bow hunters Josh Brinkley and Daniel Lucero, dressed in camouflage gear, looked a little uncomfortable sitting in chairs at a local newspaper. The Santa Fe County residents had just come into Taos. I'm at Taos. I don't know. Might be mis- mispronouncing no, that's that right. one. Taos. Yeah. Taos. After several days in rugged terrain near Cerro de la Ola, uh, northwest of a town near Ute Mountain, they had a strange tale to tell and they weren't sure of their reception. Uh, We're a couple of guys that don't believe in much, but we believe now, Brinkley said. So here's the deal these guys were hunting elk. They're both guys around 40 years old. And, uh, the first weird story is uh, they hadn't been seeing anything. So Brinkley is still hunting, walking through the woods. He goes through through goes to a top of a mountain, looks kind of down into a big valley, gets on the edge and kind of starts walking along the edge uh, up, up on top of the rim. And all of a sudden he notices two figures uh, off to his side. Um, and they're about 35, 40 yards away. And he thought that they were a couple of hunters. Um so he figures that, well, he'll walk over to him and ask, you know, you know, how hunting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he has to kind of go around a, bu- a bush and lose the sight of him for a split second, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're just gone. Okay. And so now he's starting to get a little bit weirded out. So he starts thinking about it more and more, and he's thinking, hey, wait a second. Those guys weren't 
dressed like hunters. He, he They were real tall, had enormous heads kind of covered with hoods, half black, half white, and then where the face should be, there was kind of like an oval gray, and he thought, at first he thought, well, maybe they were standing with their back to him. So he, he gets a little bit freaked out about it, and he goes back to camp, talks to the other guy, Lucero, and he, he, he can't bring himself to tell him the story, okay? He just says, well, I, I saw a couple hunters. That's probably why we haven't seen many elk. But then a couple hours later, he couldn't take it anymore, and he, he told him what he actually saw. So his buddy is kind of like, he doesn't know what to make of it. He's like, well, no, I, well, he, he's thinking, sounds weird, man. He, mm-hmm. he just kind of listens to his buddy tell the story. So they kind of blow it off. And then off the next day, now this is this Labor Day, September 2nd. So this just happened. So they head out again early in the morning. They hike all around, don't see anything. It's just strangely weird. There's no game anywhere. No elk, no nothing. So they figured they'd get in their Jeep and kind of drive around, see if they can spot some stuff to stock. Mm-hmm. They're driving around the mountain, and they come around a corner, and they look up in about, sounds like it's like a quarter mile away, they see this, uh, they see this huge building, this huge structure. Um, now, these guys both are like construction guys that work in move, with move, building movie sets. So when they first saw it, they thought it was a movie base camp. And, quote, it says, it's this big tent structure like a circus tent, 50 to 60 feet tall, Coming off the left of it was this long building, almost like what you would build for an archery lane for target practice. It was a third of the height, but really long, maybe a couple hundred feet. So they were about a quarter mile away, you know, from the structure. They couldn't see the bottom of it. They watched it for about a minute as they drove. And the one guy says, what is it? A base camp for a movie? Or are they building an alien ship set? That's what the one guy (laughs) says to the other guy. Then they drove, drive down a little hill, lose sight of it for about five seconds. When they come up on top of the hill, it's gone. Oh, wow. The whole building's gone. So now they're really freaked out. So they don't know what to do. So when they, when they reach a place with cell signal, they, they tell a few friends. Then they thought about calling the Air Force. Uh, but then they ended up actually calling this guy at the National UF, UFO Reporting Center in Washington State. And the guy there says that he hears, you know, over 350,000 phone calls a year, and he pretty much can tell who the nutcases are and mm-hmm. what's credible and what's not credible. And he said, uh, this is one of the stories that sounds entirely credible. And uh, the interesting thing is it's not the first time hunters have seen weird stuff out in the woods. There's a story about four hunters in Idaho uh, in, in 2000 described having a large triangular craft hover above them before sliding off over the mountain. So can you imagine being out hunting, seeing something, it's there, and then it's gone? And, and neither of the, these guys, they both saw the, the structure. Now, the only the one guy saw the whatever, the creatures. Yeah. Now, they say that they, it says, uh, it says, the guy says, people probably think we're insane. Uh, he said, in the past, they didn't believe in UFOs, but the one guy says, I sure do now. You know, a lot of people think they've been smoking wacky tobacco or something. You know, I'm sure a lot of people think that. But to those two guys, it's as real as it's real as going to be, you know. I mean. Well, why uh, Why would guys. Why would they make up a story they like that? that? Just yeah, for, why would they make it up? Because people are going to say that. They're going to say, yeah. hey, man, I think you were, exactly. uh, you know, indulging a yeah. little bit in the peyote or whatever yeah. that stuff is. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, they're taking the risk of being looked at it like lunatics, but. 
They're just reporting what they saw, you know. And, and, and I would be willing to say that most people out in the woods who've seen something weird mm-hmm. aren't going to say anything to anybody. Yeah, most people don't. Now, I've, I've told you, and, and we don't have time yeah, now, maybe someday I'll reca- recount the Steve Millian yep. mm-hmm. UFO story mm-hmm. when he was out on the Oconomowoc. Like, that is a freaky story. Yeah. And, I think we've all had our freaky stories. Same thing with uh, not aliens so much, but like ghost stories that you got to wonder, was it real, was it not? You know, things that happen, you know? I mean, right. Uh, yeah, you know, we all have, it seems like everybody has something weird in their something past. Weird, that something weird, something they can't explain. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I can explain one thing, Danny. What's that? Coming wings up, on the grill. Wings on the grill. Delicious, nutritious. Uh, one thing I can explain is coming up next is the Hornschwaggle. Oh, that's right. And uh, Danny is going to make three statements. You're going to say if it's a Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle. And if you're right, two out of three... You're gonna one win. Oh, you're gonna win a couple of prizes. Yeah, lucky, lucky. You're gonna winner. win a ten dollar gift certificate to uh, Carl's Country Market. They're known for their award winning sausages, everything meat and more at Pilgrim and Silver Spring in Menominee Falls, and they still have live bait, folks. And uh, also by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. You'll get your choice of one of each of those, and or you can get a, a first aid kit. So there's a whole bunch of things you can win by calling 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Play the horn swoggle with Danny coming up next. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. <clears throat> Thanks for listening this beautiful fall Saturday morning. And uh, on the line, we've got my friend Nick on the line there, and he's going to do the horn swoggle. Morning, Nick. Morning, boys. How are you? Good. good. Thank you for doing calling. Good. Hey, before we do the horn swoggle, uh, you, uh, you got any uh, fishing report on Pewaukee there? You been out? Um, not lately. It, the walleye were still pretty good. Um, you getting legal ones? Not yet. They're right around, oh. you know, they're 16 to 15 to 17 inches. Okay. So ne- I do catch legal ones, but not Not okay. Not Next year should be the year. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. Okay. So here we go. Uh, fish smell on your hands. Nobody likes fishy smell on hands. To take the fish smell off your hands, uh, it sometimes helps to wash your hands with toothpaste. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. That's a no hornswoggle, <laughs> Nick. Yeah. My uh, uncle, sorry, my uncle taught me that one 40 years ago, but yet you got you got your next shot. You got two shots here, two out of three. Just like the Brewers. They have they got to win the next two. Okay. Uh carp. Carp were originally brought to North America because they feed on smelt and they thought that they'd, you know, control this exploding smelt population. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. All right. Okay. All right. And next one, muskies. Muskies do not feed at all in winter. That's, that's a what? That's what? a hornswoggle. Yes, what? it is. You're right. Yeah. They don't maybe. Like, I, I've caught them in the winter. 
winter. Yeah, right, exactly. No, that's why ice, I figured, ice anglers that's catch why I figured you'd get that one. I caught a 44-incher first time last year on a tip-up. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what uh, what would you like? Uh, we'll, I'll send you a $10 gift thing for Carl's. You can get the little, I think they still have the little first aid kit, but you're a fisherman. You probably want some uh, fish attractants. So what do you think? Yeah, I'll do the uh, that garlic and salt one. The garlic and salt. That's I got a big bottle of that, and you can't go wrong with that. And then you probably heard us on the show talking last week. I like to take that, and if I'm like getting like a sunscreen or gas or something on my hands, I like to rinse my hands in water and then spray that on my hands as well, and just rub it around yeah. to kind of get the you know all the unnatural smells off. So not a That's not a, a yep, not a bad thing. And then as far as your Coleman, do you want something deet deeted or deetless? 40%. 40%. All right, Nick. Sounds good, buddy. Well, we'll hey, get, get this out to you. You guys are out there today? Are you going to be out on Pewaukee later? No, I'm going to be out. Uh, i got to take some guys out tomorrow morning, so I'll be out before the football game tomorrow. Today, uh, I might take my 20, new, 22. i got a new stock and trigger. I might take that to the range and shoot. Okay. We're going to have – We're gonna, it's my bachelor party today, so we're going to have three uh-huh. boats, probably, I don't know, 30 slip bobbers out. Oh, well, so say stop by if you were. Oh, well, congratulations, congratulations Nick. When, when's the wedding, Nick? December 6th. We're going to Jamaica. Hey. All right. All right, man. Well, congratulations. All right. Yeah. Don't get too crazy at that party. Yeah. No problem. All right. All right. Bye care. now. Well, yep. that's good. We got a winner. Uh, you mentioned something I was going to just ask you, but then I was sidetracked. Then you got sidetracked about yeah. uh, washing your hands. With no. Toothpaste. No. no. Uh, you know they walleyes. they used to make a a, a thing. Uh, uh, it was called nonsense. It was a special type of soap that you could wash your hands with to get the fishy smell off. Right. Do you remember that stuff? Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, whatever. They used to make something like that. But the toothpaste—that's good. But you know what? Who carries a tube of toothpaste with them in the boat? Ron oh, Johnson you know. would. <laughs> Ron Johnson. He flosses his teeth every he hour. Would. He would. Uh. Oh, yeah. He's got that and three bottles of hairspray. <laughs> oh, bet, boy. You're lucky his he brother, ain't listening I right bet now. if his brother Dan were listening. I'll bet one of Dan's friends is listening. They'll tell him. Oh, yeah. You'll Dan be getting a phone call. Dan would get a... Dan would, You know, one time I was with Dan Johnson and Ron. <laughs> this was in 1997 or 98. Lake Erie. Dan Johnson used to take groups out to Lake Erie, and I was I went the one time with Ron. We were roommates at the time in Waukesha, so I just met his brother Dan. We go out there, and Ron caught like a twenty-eight inch uh, a twenty-eight inch walleye, and we got it on video. And right after he caught it, his brother Dan goes, "And you know what, Ron? Your hair looks great." <laughs> <laughs> right after he caught it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Danny. Uh, oh. That was about, I don't know, three, four weeks ago when you had mentioned about the guys on Pewaukee using drop shot rigs with live bait for the walleyes. Yep. And then I used it up in Manaqua, and it's fantastic. I I was just telling one of my sons, I said, I can't wait to try it on some of the other lakes that we fish that have walleyes because that, that live bait drop shot rig is awesome with that sp- Spin hook, you know, right. spin drop shot. You gotta shot get hook. me one of those spin hooks. I'm telling you. How about you? for Christmas, Tom? All right, why don't you, you got start it. working for Christmas? All right, you're I'll giving st- me enough little knives. All right, I'll, I like I'll that start, little knife. By the way. <laughs> I'll start working on that for Christmas. Compass, you, know? you gave me a compass. Yeah, I've given you lots of stuff. And yeah, and I, you know what you've given, and Sam, you know what he's given me? Grief. 
Grief, grief, I'm telling you. Grief, grief. He gives me grief. <laughs> I got a lot of complaints about you people. <laughs> Still one of the best segments of Airing Seinfeld the ever. grievances. <laughs> one of the best segments ever. Festivus for the rest of us. Well, we'll be playing that come around Christmas time, and that ain't too far away. No, actually. not too far. Um, uh, and the big game on tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. But when we do, okay, we, we're going to be doing the NFL game football tomorrow. Yeah, the NFL football picking contest right after the 7-15 break. And when I made a mistake last week, Dan. What? Why I did it last week when I could have done it today. So the guy last week, he's going to win. All right, he he won because we all picked the Packers. Right. All right. And now I'm going to do, since I didn't give one out the first week because I forgot to do it Mm -hmm. because of the Thursday night game, I'm going to do another NFL football picking contest with the same game with the Packers, okay? So we'll have another person try to do that after the 7-15 break. But I got to tell you, now we got a new picker, too. New picker. It's a different producer. And all you got to do is tie or beat any one of us three, and you're going to win that $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront so Pub. So what was your mistake again? I, okay, we picked it last week, Saturday, for the game tomorrow. I was supposed to do it today. So we had a... So we picked a week and a day ahead of time? Yeah, way ahead of time. You picked for a game I, that I was, wasn't even going to be played? Not that? until tomorrow, yeah. So that was my screw-up. And you screw that one up? The no-name bookie tried calling the show, but our to producer, let, he was busy at the time. and so let you know that That I Tom, screwed up. But the no-name bookie so wants gonna, me to tell the audience something. Okay. The no-name bookie, who's pretty good at this stuff. No-name bookie announcement. He's taking the Vikings in the points. He's taking the Vikings in the points. I call them a few choice names for hey, Tom, uh, picking the Vikings. Can I get in on that action there? <laughs> I got a lot of money now. Yeah. So, but I'm don't a wealthy forget. landowner yeah. from Douglas County. Yeah. At seven oh five, we got Charlie Davis from Fountain of Youth for Boats calling in today, and we're going to be talking talking about boat restoration and the different things that can be done. And uh, and if you got questions for Charlie, you can. You know, call us at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And uh, so we got that coming up. We got that and a lot more. Can I, can the, I make an announcement Yes, here? I wish you would. Here go. Milwaukee Muskies, Inc. Uh, I'm a member of the Milwaukee chapter of Muskies, Inc., a fine organization. Just want to plug uh, Tuesday, September 24th, at the Machine Shed, which is out there in Waukesha, uh, right, uh, it's Highway 164, I believe, in the 94, uh, the Machine Shed, uh, they're going to have a meeting right around 7.30-ish, and our friend Ben Heisner from the Wisconsin oh, okay. DNR is going to be the featured speaker. And uh, Ben's a very good speaker, very knowledgeable. He's the local fisheries manager of uh of our area lakes, so he's the man to thank for some of the great fishing we got. We got to get him on the show again sometime. We got to get him on the show because I want to ask him a few questions. Oh, maybe. One, you know. Ben, don't come on because Tom's just going to torment you. You know what the main question is, Dan? Why don't they change that walleye limit on? When are they going to put the launch on North Lake? No, well, there's a lot. Hey, I got a lot of questions, but the main question is, why is it when the DNR has a 10-year study on a lake, it lasts for like 30, 40 years. 
10 years. I thought 10 years meant 10 years. And not then you never hear anything years. about it after, though. And then, you know, yeah. And they you just, ever hear any conclusions no, or anything? Never. I never. think it gets lost. You know, they did that I, great Pewaukee uh, Muskie study with Dr. Anderson. Oh, Wisconsin with the, Lutheran with the, tra- with the transmitters they and all that? They did come up with a report after that. Yeah, there was I kind of a report. But, you know, I got. All these jawbones, uh, I, I, my 50-inch muskie that I had got mounted back in the day, I gave them the jawbone. They were supposed to age it and get back to me. Never, Never got back no. to me. Never got back to me. So I'm kind of like, screw it. Why am I going to help with some of these research projects if they just kind of blow you off well, that like was a bad a, habit afterwards that and don't the, give you... That wasn't a DNR, though. No, that was... No. Uh, I guess that was uh, Dr. Anderson. Well, he still owes me some answers here. <laughs> and my buddy Jerry Worley got him with... We get I want two answers. <laughs> I want answers. Well, right now, I want a sports update from Sam Smith. Take it away, Sam. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Like Larry Smith always says, it's a great day to be alive. And yes, sir, it is. It is a beautiful morning out there. I don't see a cloud in the sky from our little window here, but I'm sure there might be a few forming up later on today. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. And we have Sam Smith filling in for part-time Nick Bodie. And uh, we come to you on two stations 1250 AM, that's Sports Radio, 1250 AM, and 105.7 FM, The Fan. And uh, you can call us, be part of the show. Not only is it Danny and, and, and my show, but it's also your show too. So you can become part of it by give us, giving us a call. you got a question or a comment, 414-799-1250, 799-1250. Or you can go to the Smokies inbox and email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. That's ceoguys at yahoo.com. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I, I am I am really worked up. I mean, I, I know this is an outdoor show, but I guess we could talk a little Packers later on because uh, it's played outdoors, right? You know, when they're playing in Lambeau, it's outdoors, so it's, you know, part of the outdoor show. That was the one thing that always got me upset when I was doing the TV show Outdoor Wisconsin when I was the fishing educator for that for 30 years, is that, you know, they they would do things, they would have segments on uh, about some really weird stuff, right? And their excuse was, well, it's outdoors. Yeah, I know it's outdoors, but rollerblading don't count. Or picking garbage off the freeways don't count. Or dried flower arranging doesn't count. Oh, man, I'll tell you. But we do have a caller on the line, don't we, Sam? I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Probably going to get a snack. Oh, yeah, we got Charlie on line one. Oh, good. Let's get him on. Hey, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, gentlemen. This is Charlie Davis from Fountain of Youth for Boats. I always call it boat restoration, but you call it four boats, right? Correct. All right. 
And where are you located, Charlie? We're in North Prairie. We're just west of Waukesha on Highway 59. Okay. And uh, you service all types of boats, right? Yeah, we, we primarily do um, fiberglass and aluminum repair, and we have a complete in-house canvas and upholstery shop. Now, when you do those canvases, uh, you know, for the covers, is that those snap-on ones you do? You have a choice. Yeah. Um, most people pick the snaps because they're so much more convenient oh. on and off, so much easier than having a bunch of straps. My, my son... He is going to bring his boat over to you. I don't know if he's going to do it this fall or spring or whenever, but he wants one of those covers with the snaps because he's got those those ropes, those straps down the side, all around the whole darn boat, and it's a pain in the butt. Yes, it is. Yeah, and he wants those snaps. He also has to talk to you about the back of the transom being uh, fixed, the top of that, and also he's talking about getting new carpeting, and you can help people with all of that stuff. Yeah, right. we do everything but pretty much motor work. Right. Um, we do a lot of dealer work, so they do the motors, and they say, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you a lot of work, but uh, stay away from the motors. Yeah, and I bet you you do a lot of pontoon upholstery. A lot of a fair amount of pontoon upholstery, but we do a lot of recovering, uh, particularly in older pontoons that have carpet, and they've all gone to the vinyl now. Yeah. So, so we we upgrade. You know, we were talking, my son and sons and I were talking about the pros and cons of vinyl versus carpeting, and it's kind of like the vinyl is so easy to clean, but it's not easy to kneel on, you know, whereas the carpeting is softer to kneel on, but it's harder to clean, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, a horse apiece. Danny uh, just walked in the studio uh, and Dan Bush, and he had his boat yeah, hey, Charlie. on by yeah, you. Yeah, my uh, boat, that, that carpet's still looking great. I remember we tried to get a brown that would match the original Alumacraft brown, but couldn't get that, and then you had some gray. And I'll tell you what, that looks great in the boat, and uh, it's been holding up well. So, uh, yeah, so far so good with that. Uh, and actually at the time when I was out there, Charlie, you guys had talked to me about getting the snap-on cover like Tom talked about it. I think I'm going to go to that, too, probably next spring. Uh, I'm going to be uh, upgrading, doing some work on the boat, and I think that's one of the things that will make it a, a lot easier to put the cover on. Yeah, one nice thing about having a custom cover, and we do an excellent job. Of course, it's all warranted and things like that, but uh, it fits like a glove. We make very, very good covers. Let me ask but you, Chart. Char- some options on there, such as if, you, if you're going to go up north and things like that, you can put cleat cutouts. So if you want to leave your your boat at the dock, you can use a cleat cutout for access to the cleats, and you can keep fishing stuff out of sight, out of mind, and of course the weather and so on and so forth. So that's a nice little option as well. You can customize and do pretty much anything you wish because it is a custom cover. Um, let me ask you this too. Now, like my old uh, my old seats, now they're all cracking, and I was thinking, well, maybe I got to buy new seats. But can you replace and redo those seats then? lot of uh, reskinning of, of seats and bolsters and things like that. Okay. Now, let me, Charlie, I got to ask you about the plywood used in boats. Mm-hmm. Now, is that called a marine grade plywood? Yes. And what makes it marine grade? It's uh, a little bit different. It's still a, uh, I think they use aspen, but there's supposedly no voids and there's more plies. So whatever thickness you use usually floors are 
five-eighths, sometimes three-quarters, sometimes half-inch, depending on the boat. But there's just more ply, so it's stronger. Now, we seal it as well because most marine plywood isn't water. It'll still rot over time, so we seal it as well before we install it. And it's, it's pretty much of the industry standard. Now, they have composites and things like that that you can use, or there's some marine plywoods that are impervious to water, but they're ungodly expensive. <laughs> your, your sealing technique is less expensive, right? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Danny? What? Oh, <laughs> Danny Sorry. was looking Sorry, at Sorry, I was in deep, deep thought. What? <laughs> he was probably thinking about that cover he wants to get. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I got to talk to you about that, and then I got to talk to you about what cover, what kind of color I want on the seats, and yeah, I'm probably and I and I might be doing a wrap on the side of the boat too because it's getting scratched up. I'm trying to upgrade the old boat um, because uh, I'm not going to buy a new boat. I'm just going to keep the one I got. Yeah, we do a lot of refinishing of, of particularly aluminum fishing boats. They just get to the point where there's a lot of scratches and things like that. We can redo that, or we use. Um, signs and lines by stretch out on 164 in Waukesha, and, and they do a good job. Oh, and that's so that is the wrap then you're talking about? Yeah, if you want to wrap, that's a, that's a good place. Oh, hey Charlie, uh, when is the best time for a person to bring their boat in? Was it fall or spring? Uh, or are well, you busy all the time? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The best time is our busiest times by far are the spring, and a, cl- a close second is the fall. But the fall, you have a little bit more time. In the spring, there's a time issue. Yeah. We go out quite a, quite a long ways in the, in, in the spring because we do quite a bit of, of dealer work as well. Okay. And they have their mishaps and things like that, and they, you know, they, they say, oh, one of my guys backed into this and whatever. I think once my son packs up his boat for the season and not going to fish anymore, I think that's when I'm going to have to drive it over to your place. Yeah, that's, and, that's a good time to do it. Yeah, You're not really... yeah, there's no rush. You can take your time, you know. You don't have to get at it right away. Yeah, it's no big deal. Hey, Charlie, uh, tell us again where you're located. We're on in North Prairie, which is west of Waukesha, about oh, I don't know, five, six miles, seven miles, something like that, um, off of Highway 59. Take the bypass and just keep on going. You come to North Prairie, we're on the right hand side. Right. The little industrial park. And, and and what's your uh, uh, your uh, oh, address is ninety eight. No, no, not your address. The I'm having a brain website, fart. Website, yeah, website. Number, thank you, website, Boy, geez. website. Jeez, I I was having a brain fart there. This Charlie. happens all the time, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's info at fountainofyouthforboats.com. Okay, and they can just Google Fountain of Youth yeah, Waukesha and they'll pop up, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things in there. You can kind of go through it, and, and uh, if you have some type of question, you can certainly do that. We can answer it. If you also have some type of damage or things like that, uh, generally you can take some pictures and email, and we can give you a ballpark instead of hauling a ballpark. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, take some photos, send them to you, and you can say oh, this will cost about so much to do. If yeah. somebody pokes a hole or dents their aluminum boat, you can fix that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What about fiber, fiberglass, too? Fiberglass and aluminum. All right. Don't well, wood or anything like that. Well, Charlie, that sounds great. Hey, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, all, all right. right. You Take have care, a, you have a, I wanted to mention yeah? one of my favorite 
fishing is, is musky fishing in the fall with suckers. And uh, I came up with really a good enclosure for musky fishing because I anchor. Oh, yeah. You're into the wind. And so I made a really good enclosure that's, that make it any height you, you wish. And you put a Mr. Heater in there, we make room for that. And I'll tell you, I've been in 25-degree you know, weather with a strong breeze out there, and I'm sitting in, you know, and I, my jacket's open. I'm just nice and toasty and warm, so it's something that if you're a late fall fisherman out there, um, something you might want to think about, you can certainly give us a call. Do you have, uh, do you have pictures of that on your website? It's a little bit different. I use some different fasteners and things like that that are, are very strong, and, and they don't. All right. Yeah, well, sounds like all, a great idea. All people have to do is look up. And I trailer yeah. to, to Pewaukee. They, all they got to do is look up Fountain of Youth in Waukesha and uh, give you a call and ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Really, really good work. Sounds good, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks a lot, and we appreciate you being an advertiser on our show. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. All righty. All right. Man. Thanks so much. That was Charlie Davis, uh, owner of Fountain of Youth for Boats in Waukesha. And in- right, huh? Interesting. I never thought about having an enclosure. And if he can build a custom enclosure yeah, for you. What's, what's our friend's name? Paul uh, Mahalik would probably Paul Mahalik's got do- one. Oh, he has an enclosure? He's got an enclosure with the heater and all of that. Yeah. Really? Yes. Did he yes, get it yes. from Charlie out there? I don't know? know where he got it, know, but. He got one. He's got something that encloses, and he's got the heater because he likes doing that bottom fishing for muskies in the fall, right. so in he late can just fall. Park and stay yeah. toasty warm. That's right. So right now we got to go to a break, folks. Seven nine nine twelve fifty is the phone number. Give us a buzz if you got any questions or comments, and uh, we will be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. <laughs> To the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Bush. Tom Newbauer's here. Sam, I am. Thanks for sitting in for part-time Nick Odie. I got a question for you, Danny. Yeah. You got we got a special guest coming in on September 28th. Yeah, we're going to keep it a surprise guest. Huh? You're going to tell him next week. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. It's a surprise. It is. We're not going to. How can a surprise be a surprise if you don't make it a surprise? But wouldn't more people listen if they moving knew right who along. was coming on? I don't know. We'll <laughs> okay. talk. Okay, moving along. Moving right along. Most weediest, Tom. Most weediest. Okay, you're talking about what's the most weediest part of the lake. Uh, speaking of weeds, we have a little bit of a problem on Pewaukee Lake. Yeah. You know the Eurasian milfoil that's yeah. supposed to be so bad? Well, hold on. No. You got a call there? No. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, you want to take it? No, take it. Yeah, take it now because you? otherwise yep, yep. you'll be Mike making me You'll be making okay. me rush over no, here. No, I don't want to rush you. You'll be looking over at the monitor, no, making me no, rush. No. Okay. Good morning, Mike. Hello, Hi. Mike. Hi. How are you? Hey, we're fine, Mike. What's on your mind? Hey, you know, you're, first of all, you were talking about drop shot and walleyes and that. I was wondering. I'm a pan fisherman, and I was wondering about a drop shot for bluegills. Definitely. As a matter okay, of fact, now. I'm I'm gonna do that too. It works. Yeah. As yeah. matter of fact, when we were when I was drop shotting for walleyes, we we caught a we caught a a heck of a lot of smallmouth bass, but we also caught big bluegills too. Oh yeah. 
It definitely works for that too. Yes. Well, here's here's one of my questions. I've got a, I I fish everything I have is ultralight. Okay. And everything that I have on on the line is four pound test. Okay. Trilene and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, when I take my wife out and my grandsons, our line tangles a lot. Now, uh, what what do you mean with each other's lines, or you get no, twist no, in the no, line? No, it just it just wraps around and yeah, you get twist in the line. Twist no, it's, in the line. Yeah. it's called kids, Tom. They okay. get lines tangled. Yeah, no, right. he's talking about twist in the line. Said grandson. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, so what I did to try to alleviate that is put a swivel on, and you know, but now they it still does that. Is that because of the bluegill goes around in a circle yes or, you know when, when yes you're it in? <laughs> yes there's okay. there's three ways you can uh, get twist in your line humanly right. mechanically and uh, uh humanly mechanically and uh, the lure and the lures that we use okay. humanly is if you put the line on backwards that's number one All number right. two mechanically is if you're turning the handle but no line is coming in, See, you know, like if drag is going out and you're turning the handle. And right. every time, if you right. got like a five-to-one gear ratio okay. you and no line's coming in, when you turn that handle once, you just put five twists in that line. I think that's what's and, happening, Tom, because yeah. kids, when yes. they, they got the drag light and they're yep. fighting a bluegill and they're going, yep. and the, it's stuck down yep. there in the weeds, the yep. fish isn't coming. And they're, 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 yep. they, I told the kids yeah. last week, I said, I, I told Macy, I said, stop winding when it's, Doing that. Yeah. And the other way is like you, it's through the lures that we use. Some lures are prone, like uh, plastic worms and whatever. But bluegills, you're right, Mike. They, they come in spinning around in circles. That twists right. the line, too. Yeah. Right. So there is an easy way to get rid of that, though. You can okay. either do it at home or do it in the boat. If you do it at home, instead of putting on new line, just have a, a hundred foot area, whatever, and open up the bale. Right. And put the rod on the ground and grab that line with nothing on the end, no swivel, no hook, no nothing, and walk off about 100 feet, okay? Then go back to the rod and reel, engage it, hold the line between your forefinger and thumb just to have a little pressure, right. and wind it back in. What will happen is all that twist will come out of the line. Now you okay, could, well, What I usually do is, is uh, I've got a big backyard, so I, I leave the hook on. I put the hook on the fence, and I... And I walk backwards, you know, and bring that line off up okay. until maybe the, the house. And then I click it, tighten it up again, and, and go back to the line. Well, back well to the hook. all you're doing is stretching the line a little bit. Take the hook off. Do okay. the same thing you're doing now, but just leave the hook off. Walk off that at 100 feet or whatever of line, that big backyard, and then just hold it between your forefinger and thumb. And you will see it as it's coming in. You will see the line unwinding. Do you remember the old phones from years ago that had that twisty cord on them? Yep. All right. And and if, when they got all twisted up, you'd have to stand on a kitchen chair, hold it up over your head, and watch it unwind? Right. That's the same thing you're doing with your line. Same right. thing. And, and And if you're in a boat... What you do in a boat is you just, as you're motoring real slowly, just idling along, going along, you let the line out with nothing on the end, no hook, no swivel, no nothing. Let your line out, let a whole, let the whole spool out if you want almost, and then wind it back. The friction of the water will actually bend your rod, but all the twists will come out. Really? And just like wow. putting on brand new line. Yep. See, you learn something new every day. I know. I, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, and, you know, when it comes to educating, you know, in f fishing and hunting and whatever, learning new stuff, 
I'm 66 years old, been fishing my whole life, done a lot, been fortunate to have done a lot of it, and I'm still learning new stuff. Yep. You know, right. I I'm, still I'm, learn stuff. I'm 68, and, and mostly, like I say, I've been fishing all my life for panfish, you know, stuff like that. The other day, we were out, and I caught a 18-and-a-half-inch smallmouth on four-pound test line, <laughs> and it probably had to go four pounds. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. I bet you that was a fight and a half. Oh yeah, an ultralight rod. You better believe it. Wow, you're lucky to get that one in and <laughs> had the drag set right. And I had the net buried, you know, and I had to hold it one rod, one hand, and then get the net out too. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It really yeah, was. that is fun. And it's still swimming. Well, that's great. Thanks for calling, Mike. All right, have a nice day. You guys. take Thanks care. Okay, bye now. Hey, Danny. Uh, that break but it took us all up to this break so in the next segment in the last segment you're going to tell us all about weeds and you're just going to come in with it i'm just going to sit back and listen all right i'm going to even turn off my mic okay unless i got a question shut off the phones unless i got a question don't keep looking at the phone if yeah. you get a call just turn like the phone lines nervous, off like you just got a hot date trying to call that's you. right turn the phone lines right. off and we, so we got one more segment to go he's dan bush i'm tom newbauer sam is filling in today uh, and this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors on 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. I would climb any mountain, sail across the stormy sea, if that's what it takes me, Lights are hot. Mike's are hot, Tom. Okay. We are beginning to come back. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this beautiful Saturday. Hey, 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 Tom, isn't the opener of Small Game today? Okay. I think so. I think so. I think the Wiley Squirrels could be in some serious trouble if I get that new Ruger BX trigger going. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about a little bit, uh, I got an email from Tom Kep, who's... Uh, in charge of the Pewaukee Lake Sanitary District, also the uh, the head poobah of our uh, Pewaukee chapter of Muskie's Inc. Anyway, there's a... Muskie's Inc.? Of, uh, P- uh, I mean, Wallace, Pewaukee chapter Wallace. Uh, for tomorrow. For tomorrow, yeah. or today, or yesterday, okay. something like that. Starry Stonewort Uh-oh. is the latest worry of invasives. Uh-oh. The first headlines years ago were, it is the start of the death of a lake. Wow. Starry Stonewart is all over the upper Midwest, Wisconsin, Indiana, Minnesota, New York, to name a few, and it is now in Pewaukee Lake. You know, that's why they drew down uh, Little Muskego last year, to get rid of the Starry Wart. And that's what it says, Little Muskego. Well, here's what it says. Other districts, lake districts, have done several attempts. Here's some examples. Little Muskego tried a seven-foot drawdown to try to freeze it out. That killed a lot of Eurasian water milfoil and some of the natives. And then the starry stonewort took over, made it worse. Wind Lake, Green Lake, Little Cedar have utilized chemical treatment. It killed the milfoil and other plants, and the starry stonewort spread. Huh. Silver Lake have utilized diver-assisted suction harvesting, otherwise known as DASH. That's an acronym, Tom. Okay. D stands for diver. Okay. Which is a careful way of hydraulic dredging, and it cleared the area and the starry stonewort, guess. Survived. Spread. 
Oh, okay. my God. Here's the facts. Okay, now, so it is the latest worry, but what Tom says, while we need to do everything we can to avoid it getting into our lakes and keep it from spreading to others, uh, it's just another invasive plant we're going to have to unfortunately deal with. It's joining our plant community. There's no reason to panic. We can, uh, th- we can think we can control Mother Nature, but we can't. Uh, it says panicking and jump, jumping to options to eradicate it, spending foolish dollars, and ultimately spreading it is not the answer. So here's the plan for Pewaukee. Um, I'll just kind of go through a th- things. Um, he met with Heidi Bunk, the Wisconsin uh, WDNR lake biologist. We haven't met her yet. Um, so Tom met with her. They verified the location. They're going to look more this week. They're going to map out some areas, and they're going to carefully plan for the option of hand pulling. That must not be this uh, dash diver-assisted suction no, harvesting. This no. is hand pulling wow. with an expert group and look into a Wisconsin DNR grant for an emergency response option. Uh, there's rapid response grants that are 75% state, 25% lake group, and there's plenty of funds in it. Uh, Tom also plans to meet with Okachi and Lower Nababan groups to discuss eradication plans and potential of partnering, if feasible. This all has to be done in a calm, cool, careful, and methodical process. Kind of like you, Tom. Calm, cool, collected. Tom Neubauer. Uh, <laughs> they got to do a, a calm, cool process not to cause disruption to the sediments and ultimately spreading the invasive species. So it sounds like by doing, you know, getting in there and disrupting everything, mm-hmm. it just kind of spread it. Uh, evaluate internally the do-nothing option. Although a do-nothing approach sounds like a lack of management, it can be a real-life and responsible option. Pike Lake is doing the do-nothing approach, and ironically, the Starry Stonewort plant community has actually shrunk. Hmm. Uh, they'll be doing another uh, plant survey this year. Now, here's, here's the important, important part, though, that they, they're stressing. I know it's a pain in the butt when you leave the lake at the end of the day, all you want to do is just hook up your boat and get back home and get out of there. But you got to do your part and for yourself and spreading the word on the importance of cleaning your boat, emptying yeah. your live well, rinsing your trailers before going to another lake. I know it's a pain in the butt, but that's how this stuff spreads. That's true. And, and if you don't, it's a big fine. If you don't take the weeds off, if you don't empty the live well, it's a big fine if you get caught you know, doing any one of those things. So, uh, you know, I always thought, what if a kid, an enterprising kid would have like a big bucket and make a big long tool with a hook on it or, Mm -hmm. or like a tong, you know, like little grabber thongs Mm -hmm. to grab stuff. And when people would pull their boat and trailer off, he would just go and start cleaning the weeds off for a buck, a boat for a buck or Or whatever, you know, a lot of people would probably hand them five, 10 bucks. You know what a pain it is to crawl underneath if you had some enterprising kid to assist. Mm -hmm. What if he even had like a kid who's like a, people have enough hard time just launching their boats, the boat dock assistant. Yeah. Hold the rope when they launch right. it. Right, like it's a sing- one guy. That a kid could make a lot of money. A- yeah, just don't report it to the IRS. Right. Yeah. You know, Danny, take it under the table. I could. I couldn't even tell you what a starry wart weed looks like. I. I have no idea what they look like. Star- you not starry wart. Starry stonewort. Star. Oh, excuse oh, me. Starry oh, stonewort. It's yeah. the starry stonewort. I don't even know what they look. I'm going to have to Google that and look up and see what they look like because. Uh, 
I, I like I said, I have no clue even what they look like. You know what though? I think maybe I have. You know, I pulled up my anchor rope when I was out fishing. You know, this mm-hmm. this week with uh, uh, Doctor Sandy and his uh, granddaughter Macy mm-hmm. and uh, and his son Alex. Um, I did get, you know how your anchor gets covered with weeds? Mm-hmm. I was getting kind of a weird kind of weed that I, I'm not used to getting on the anchor rope and anchor. Yeah, I wonder, do these do these weeds grow tall? I, I mean, I don't, or are they smaller ones or tall ones? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to study up on my weedology this week here, so I'm more, more learned on this. Let me ask you this question, Danny. Okay, Tom. Why is it, if you got a lake, that's infested with the rusty crayfish, yeah. okay? And there's a zillion of them in the lake. Why is it that guys will use a jig and craw imitation, jig and plastic craw, to imitate the crayfish that are in the lake when the fish got all these crayfish that, they, that they're just gorging on? I mean, isn't it like you're just like a, like a needle in a haystack when you use something of the same thing? Well, same same thing when I'm, when I'm trolling around schools of bait fish on yeah. Pewaukee Lake. If they got a thousand, you know, bait fish there, I'm going to yeah. troll my uh, Bill Schwartz's famous uh, slammer through them. What's the odds but, you're going to find your? Uh, but your but isn't your bait either below them or above them or on the side of them that look like the like you know like when the when the lion like the goes, one that got separated yeah, from, the, from herd. the herd yeah yeah i don't know probably sometimes you know, something like i mean I, I was just thinking about that the other day it's like cuz some of the lakes up in northern wisconsin they've got a problem with that with that rusty crayfish well, well let me ask you tom uh when the rusty crayfish first got here well, that's when they started banning you from fishing right. with crayfish right, right. You, all right. of a sudden now you can't go to a creek and catch some and go yeah um I heard that the rusty crayfish initially weren't being fed on as much by the bass and stuff because they were more aggressive than the regular crayfish. Huh. That's what I heard. But, yeah. I mean, do you think any smallmouth bass is afraid of a, a aggressive crayfish? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think a smallmouth bass is afraid of anything. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. mean, they're going to munch on those crayfish. Yeah. Well, have they got the rusty crayfish in, like, the Bay of Green Bay? That I don't know. I know they got the uh, what, the gobies, the right? The gobies, yeah. And don't they say that that's one of the reasons the smallmouth have flourished? They're yeah. chowing down on the gobies. They're eating the gobies, yeah. Yeah, they're eating a lot of but those. And the gobies are vice versa. The gobies are getting on the smallmouth beds, too. Not so much. Not so much anymore? Not so much. It's because what that happened was they, the, the smallmouth, I mean, I just nature, because the gobies don't go any deeper usually. This is what I've read. No deeper than four feet. Smallies were spawning in two, three, four feet of water. Well, now they're spawning in six, seven, eight feet of water. So they moved out a little bit, and the gobies don't eat their eggs. So the smallmouth got smart and looked at it and said, hey, let's go be over here. Let's and, go and be over here. Six feet of water. <laughs> yeah, oh, dang, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. But, All right. So, yeah, so, you know, Mother Nature has a way of... Hence, doing things, hence you know. when Tom says uh, the go the do nothing approach might be sometimes the best approach. Yeah. Is this my copy of Badger that's, Sportsman? Oh yes, that's your copy of Badger Sportsman. Hey guys, Badger Sportsman, Wisconsin's greatest magazine. Go pick it up at your newsstand. Uh, the latest yeah. one has a picture of a duck on the front. Yeah, yeah. Well, Danny, can't wait to read it. 
Yeah, yeah, and of course you'll like the Howling at the Moon segment, my favorite segment in there. Oh, yeah, lots <laughs> of jokes. <laughs> some probably inappropriate we can't say on oh, the air. Oh, of course some of them are, but you got to take it with a grain That's of salt. Funny. It's a joke. Yeah, right. it's just a joke. If you can't take a yoke. What the That's heck? right. Well, anyway, Danny, that's all I got today. That's all I got. All right. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Talk to you all next week, my friends. Cutting a jump. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.